Welcome back to Risk Check Pod. This is episode 22. Woo! Uh, gang is back together again for season four. Season opener. Season opener. And we've got a special guest with us today. We got Tom, Tom Betridge, uh, head creative of Essence, formerly of High Snobiety. Welcome, Tom. It's an honor to be here, guys. Respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for, for coming through, man. Sometime in the making, but we made it happen. Yes. Um, but before we get started, Rich Chet, let's start with Sean. What do you got for us? So the man who never repeats a watch. Uh-oh. First of all, I'm sorry. Let me cut you off before <laughs> we get started. Um, I'm the only one not wearing sunglasses. <laughs> You're the only adult just, in the room. Yeah, just, just for the record. For, the, for those the bright who are, lights of wrist check, they're blinding. I'm saying. <laughs> for those who are who are listening and not watching, literally everyone on set right now is wearing sunglasses. That is even, even, the behind the even the people behind the scenes. Even the people behind the scenes. Yeah. So I just want to let that be known first. That's hilarious. But uh, continue, sir. What do you have on the wrist today, Mister Never Repeat a Watch? Okay, so still, um, you know, still feeling myself, not repeating the watch. We're on episode 22. So you guys know I have at least 22 watches. But, but before, <laughs> before you say what you're wearing, if you ever repeat a watch, what happens? Um, Do we get to penalize you? I mean, dude, I mean. Do we get to buy you like something silly that you have to wear for like seven episodes straight? I don't know. I mean, this. We'll figure out something. We'll, he, we'll he, has out to, something. he has to wear the unicorn flick flack. There we go. If it'll I don't think he'd be mad at that, though. Yeah, I'd be I down mean, for it's that. a watch. You're going to be mad at I'd be down for that. All right. So I'll wear the unicorn flick flack uh, for the next seven episodes after I repeat a watch. All right, done. Okay. What you got on? What's, what's, what you rocking with? Okay, so I am rocking the Earth Moon Swatch. So the man who couldn't get one has two. The man who couldn't get one has two. Respect. Um, this is actually one of my favorite colorways. Um, of course, Uranus is my governing planet, but you know something about the Earth, man. That mint green with the navy and the brown it's accents nice. is just mm-hmm. like sick. It's nice. So um, you know, still same thing. Went through the fire. Had to you know twist some arms. Kicking a few doors and got a moon swatch. Okay. <laughs> My man went to battle. Yes. All right. What do you got, Ben? Episode 22. Tom came through. So I came through with two watches. 22 <laughs> and a double-double. Okay. So okay. on the right wrist, I got the first Omega in space. It's okay. number 15222. Flex. So there you go. Uh, it's on, so there's a phenomenon here. Yeah, that one, it, you're, you're, you're confusing me a little it's bit. In, it is an Omega, obviously, it's a Speedmaster. Right. I have a Grand Seiko strap and buckle on it. Yeah, that's where it's throwing me off. It just looks better than the Omega one. That could be like a really dope collab, though. Imagine it'll, Grand Seiko did a Speedmaster. Never happen, it will never happen. It will never happen. A drive Speedy. <laughs> there you go. And then on my left wrist is the the real banger. Oh my goodness! The sauce with some sauce with some sauce. It's a lot of so sauce on this episode. It is let me a, tell you. a Patek fifty nine eighty R on a custom R is for rose gold, ladies and gentlemen. A custom made Patek bottle green strap for sauce, and then for some extra sauce, the dial is also Tiffany stamped. Ooh! Ooh. Shout out to our boy John John Wrist and Co. For the last word is to the episode. Shout the knowing, legend. Knowing green's our favorite color. So shout out to him. Green is a favorite color. 
Um, on my wrist is a Rolex Pepsi GMT. Um, this watch is, is from our friend John. Uh, who's shout like, out to John. Shout yeah. out to John. So John is, for those that, you, that don't know, you know, it's kind of like Goodfellas. Like John is, he's, he's a friend of ours. Yep. <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> yes. He's a friend of ours. And, you know, one day you'll see him on the show. Uh, but right now you get to see some of his pieces. And this is a good one. Uh, John, let me hold on to this for a few days. And I've actually been having a lot of fun with this. It's hard to take off. Jubilee is super comfortable. It is super comfortable. It's really, really nice. Um, and I wasn't really a Jubilee guy. My experience with Jubilee bracelets are always like the vintage Rolexes. Mm -hmm. Which have a lot of stretch. Yeah, this one is actually really firm and super comfortable. So, uh, I've been enjoying this. This one is great. Um, and to the special guest of the evening, Tom, what do you got on the wrist? Um, I'm wearing a Doxa 300 um, in the professional colorway. Ooh, the classic orange. Super sick. classic. The professional. Um, picked this up over at Watches of Switzerland a couple weeks ago. Okay. It's uh, you know, I'm I'm a new watch collector, and I, I've kind of naturally gravitated towards like diving watches. Um, I I just like that. I feel like they're kind of like the Land Rover Defender of watches. Like I like that I kind of that. like rugged utilitarian kind of look. So this like I got this watch a couple weeks ago, and I wear it like every day. It's awesome. Our friend Ram would approve. Oh, one hundred percent. So we have a friend who's a he, he's a friend of the pod. And uh, he's, he's going to hate me for mentioning this because I think this is maybe the fifth or sixth time I mentioned this on the show. <laughs> but he has nine doxes. <laughs> nine doxes? Like, really love doxes. Because uh, I was tempted to get two colors. He's, I think he's got three or four professionals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he like okay. repeats colors. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, he's they, serious. They but he's deal. also, he, like, he's an avid dive watch collector. He loves okay. dive watches. Cool. Yeah. So not just doxes. He's got a, 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 a date sub that he acquired recently. He's got an aqua dive, which has a really cool story. I know he has a super ocean, um, but yeah. I feel like the sub is like the perfect gateway drug for dive watches. Like sure. I, got, I got that like last year and ever since it's like, I'm just like, I gravitate towards yeah. wanting to wear that. That watch or the Doxa like almost every day. Fine. Yeah. Nice. So getting right into it. Who are you, Tom? Where are you from? Uh, so I'm New York born and raised. Whoop, whoop. Um, I'm an editor by trade. I've been doing it my whole life. Mm -hmm. um, kind of slowly migrated into the fashion world. Was editing a magazine over in Germany. And uh, three years ago, I became the editor-in-chief at High Snobiety. Awesome. Um, so just wrapping up my tenure over there. Um, but actually, one of the last big projects I was working on over there was was to kind of build out our like watch vertical and our coverage yeah on that topic yeah um but it's just been kind of like riding a wave like i feel like the the relevance of watches has just kind of swelled and swelled and swelled mm -hmm. over time recently especially with young people yeah definitely um i feel like it used to be an old man's game for sure um for but, a long time. but there's a lot i mean and there's it has so many things in common with like the world of high sobriety because mm. it's like it's all about rare things, all about personal style, all about like drops, having having the right plug. Yeah. It's like there's so many similarities between that world and the watch world. It's almost like a mix of that and like art collecting kind of. That's a really interesting take on it because that's kind of where <clears throat> that's kind of where we see it going now. And like mm -hmm. even recently, and we had posted today there was the the 
Cartier London crash uh, that had just been sold. I think it was via the Loop This, yeah, loop this auction. auction. And mm-hmm. it went for an astounding $1.5 million. <laughs> it's yeah, ridiculous. Right? And, it's, and, and the thing with that watch, too, it's not like design-wise, it's, it's an exceptional watch. I love the Cartier crash. Grail piece for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. But this particular one was, I, I think it was, it was a piece that was made during the year was introduced. Yeah. But outside of that, it wasn't anything really. Special there wasn't anything particularly it. special about it, other than the fact that like it's almost it's, impo- an it's impossible. It's an OG and it's impossible to get. And there was someone I was talking to who commented and was saying that you know we're entering this phase where watches are now being. Uh, consumed like fine art. I absolutely agree. And I, and I think what's kind of happening in the watch world, which kind of hap- started happening in the art world like 10 or so years ago, years ago is that yeah. the the scope of things is kind of expanding. Yeah. Because right? like when you look at the old auction records, it's all like Daytonas uh, yep. or like paddocks from the 50s or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now it's like people have kind of consumed that and they're moving into like mm-hmm. new areas. Like they're moving know, it's into- like weird Cartiers. Yeah. You know, like all these kinds of like new th- Like I, I was joking around my Instagram right after the Cartier auction because mm. I was like, shit, if this is going to be valuable, what's next? So I was like, should yeah. I get like a Frank Mueller? <laughs> I see like, when you posted that, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to just make like, these cool again. Yeah, and I feel like also like since so many people are getting debted trying to buy these like classic watches, I feel like the the taste sphere is like it's expanding yeah yeah. it's Mm -hmm. expanding and i think that's what's interesting too like you know over the last year watching what you have done uh with your team at high snobiety um you know kind of venturing off into the watch world and covering it uh but how did that start exactly like what 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 got high snobiety um you know what happened there in your world where they were like all right this is what we need to cover. This is what people are caring about right now. Well, I mean, so the thing about high society is that we constantly talk about our audience, mm-hmm. you know, we, and we, we talk, we refer to them as cultural pioneers, yeah. you know, so the people who don't really follow trends, but are kind of like a step Set ahead of yep. what's happening. And we really li- listen to what they're into. Right. And so I think like a lot of people who were once into, you know, collecting sneakers are following, like street art or like buying fashion, they're starting to kind of grow up a little bit and get into these kind of new types of like asset classes. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so I think like, and and I also feel like the pandemic had a lot to do with it, right? Because like everyone was like kind of keeping their like Uber money, yeah, yeah, and now they're like buying new kinds of things. And so it was really something that it was really about like listening to the brand community i think as much as any like visionary idea that i had yeah um but also on a personal level like i also got into watches at that time mm-hmm. and so it kind of it kind of and and that's the thing i always like when when it comes to magazines like if you're not into the shit you talk about it's really inauthentic and yeah. so Facts. like exactly. i try to just like they're extension ourselves yeah exactly yeah and, like you know like so i just like I can't fake it. So, like, if we're gonna do something like that, I gotta get into it. One hundred percent, gonna work. You know? So then, you know, because High Snob is kind of like the one-stop shop for everything. Just as far as you know, like, you can actually buy clothing. You can actually like. 
cover what's like you can see what's happening in the pop culture you know now you're covering watches and things like that like where did it all stem from like what was like the first like you know flag kind of like stamped in, in in the soil with watches or in general just in general kind of like for the people that don't know where high snob kind of like came from because it kind of popped up out of nowhere for 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 most people i feel like yeah well it was very so like the so david fisher who founded the company originally high Snobody was like his blog like mm. he was just writing it like he was at school at the time and he would just write about new releases coming out new stuff from babe etc and over time like that world kind of like grew and grew and grew into this like huge yeah. thing you know like so like because back in the day like not a lot of people knew what like bape was or yeah. like you know mm -hmm. you can find articles on on high stability from like 2011 about virgil abloh yeah like a gazillion years before he was like you know back when he was still working with kanye and wasn't like mm -hmm. designing mm -hmm. clothes so it's like i think um it's really interesting how that world which was once really niche has now become part of like pop culture you know what i mean like if you go to like the hospital like your surgeon might be wearing like yeezys or something yeah, yeah you know it's I mean? crazy that's, that's, a, that's a great point because i remember what the energy was like in new york at that time like i remember shopping with kid cuddy when he was a sales associate at babe i remember going to vashti's 1992 santos like Orchard street you know what i'm saying yeah, like yeah. it was a total vibe and it was at that particular time, we're talking about like the 2010s yeah. in downtown New York City, it was a real vibe. Mm -hmm. And High Snobiety for me was an extension of that that kind of took that and brought it to the masses. And it, it the, High Snobiety resonates with me on that level where it's like my, my interest and in, in my background was in art and design. Mm -hmm. And then that that obviously like extended into fashion and then into watches and to see all of these, th these different elements come together and the community expand to me is like really a beautiful thing. And I think the, for me, like the lesson, especially kind of wrapping up my time there is that if you are committed to what you're into mm -hmm. and if you make a big deal about what you're into, it can become a big deal. hundred you know percent. I mean, and so it's like, and it was funny because I was talking to David Fisher, who founded High Society the other day, and we were talking about NFTs mm -hmm. and how people were kind of making fun of NFTs. Yeah, it seemed kind of weird. And he was like, he was like, this is how people. He was like, this Not is how people were it. talking about streetwear in yeah. like 2008. Exactly. You know what I mean, so it's like I think as long as you have that ability to just like commit to like new subcultures, like I feel like that always pays off. And you see it with watches too. Like, like no one really gave a fuck about watches. You hear about royal oak selling for like under retail yeah like six years ago even rolexes i mean yeah. the watch yeah, that, like, everyone wants no one can get always. now you know yeah but the people who really believed in it before like they have a kind of leg up because they've just oh, been like committed to it 100 percent. the fair weather friends no exactly <laughs> like me <Yeah. laughs> nice um so you are a watch guy now yeah officially yeah, um, like watch guy in training. I would okay. say. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, listen, we'll stamp you here. WGIT okay, cool. watch guy in training. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Uh, what was the piece that that started it for you? What was the piece that you first was like, okay, I get it, and I'm and I'm in. So I, I've actually spilled some ink about this. Okay. On a website that rhymes with Schmodinky, <laughs> um, I wrote an article for them about 
my buying my first watch was which was a Royal Oak um, fifteen five hundred. Okay. Um, this piece here. Yep, got it right there. So I just want to. I just want to. I want to emphasize put emphasis on this. This was your first watch. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're gonna do it, ladies and gentlemen, do it big. Right. Yes. This is beautiful. I love it. Time only date. Time only simple. Yeah, it's classy. I fell in love. So I fell in love with the Royal Oak. I think, you know, through an artist friend of mine, Andrew Wekua. He has like okay. a, a two tone one, yep. like a vintage one. And there's just something about the design. It's like so. It reminds me of like some of the great industrial design. Like it's just kind of wacky in this weird way. It kind of reminds me a little bit of like Memphis design or mm -hmm. like just sort of like that really extreme 70s aesthetics that, that you used to see. And so, yeah, just like something struck, like about it struck with me, like mm -hmm. just as an outsider to watches. Yeah. And so I kind of just like zeroed in on like, I really want that watch. <laughs> yeah. well, I and just like willed it into existence. Well, yeah, you know? when you come from like, you know, the background that, that we kind of share, would you have like an affinity for like good design and art and fashion? Like it just makes sense. There are some pieces like a Royal Oak, and even like a Nautilus, which I know some people are, are sick of seeing, mm -hmm. uh, just because they're they're they've they've moved to a place where there's a lot of hype behind it. Um, you can still recognize good design, and it's like you see a Royal Oak, you get it. Yeah, you know, you see a Nautilus, you get it. And kudos to Gerard uh, Genta, um, who is responsible for both designs. Yes, um, it makes sense and it resonates with you. You know what I'm saying? There's something about this piece that is satisfying there's something about it that's consistent mm -hmm. um symmetry is there uh you know and you just look at like the finishing of the bracelet uh how you know this is it's it's a beautiful piece like it just makes sense and i like that it's like very specific you know what I mean? it is like, yeah and because there was a while when like the royal oak was out of fashion like mm -hmm. as early as like five years ago yeah and i was. think because it's it's actually a really extreme looking it is. watch. Yeah, you know? it's, it's like it's stuck in the 70s, but that's yeah, the whole point. Yeah. But that, and exactly, that was the point. Um, even kind of tapping into history and how um, everything is so relative. So initially, the Royal Oak was designed as like that wow piece during the Quartz Crisis. Mm -hmm. yeah. So of course, um, you know, Genta had designed this watch with AP and it became the most expensive um, sports, steel sports yeah. watch. Yeah. It was the most expensive steel sports watch ever. And it was also the best selling watch in 1971. Yes. Oh, wow. So there's that. This cost as much as a car did in 1971. Exactly. Wow. A brand new Cadillac. It was just over five grand. And this was definitely when the watch industry was, you know, in, you know, Everybody almost this point of like, gonna, like, it was going to extinct. Have a job anymore. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, very daring, very bold, um, very similar to, you know, your characteristic and kind of like where you've been, you know, career wise and what you've done for just overall pop culture and what you share. Um, I think, you know, this this is this attests to you. There's something about a royal. So I didn't always fancy myself a royal oak guy. OK. Uh, until I saw one in person and then I got it. Uh, because when you when you photograph Royal Oak, it's just super masculine, mm -hmm. right? In the shape, yep. I mean, you even look at the crown; it looks like it's like, like a, a bolt. bolt. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. But when you hold one and you can feel it, and then you see the finishing on it and how it plays with light, 
it is a really nice balance between like negatives and positives. It's a really nice balance between like a masculine and feminine uh, yeah. perspective that, and that, which I think is why it, it is actually really popular with women. Yeah, you know, it's it, you mentioned that with the finishings, like that for me is like the part that like really geeks me the out. The way it plays with light yeah. is yeah. amazing. It's like a choreography. Like when it you is. move it, it kind of it's just like dances musical. around. Yes. Like, it is. You know? Yes. Um, and I think that that's like, and it's so cool to kind of make, like to take a material like steel mm -hmm. and make something so poetic out yeah, of it. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. true. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because it's like a lot of the times you think of steel as this kind of purely utilitarian thing. And that's that's the thing about like the the royal oak I like too is like it's the most industrial looking handmade thing yeah. in the world. It is, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like it looks like it's coming out of like a factory. Yeah, that, you know, it has this industrial look, but it's like someone in Switzerland was like scratching that shit with like a piece yeah. of wood. Especially especially that bracelet. That bracelet's all handmade. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the thing with, with the royal oak is that. They look so robust, but like Perry said, when you touch them, feel them, try them on, they're so refined. They're very refined. It's, just, it's got it's like a, a very balance. smooth and silky touch to it. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the things that you do really well, um, you know, in your connection with High Snob and, and that you've done in your career is sort of bridging this gap between uh, pop culture and, you know, the sort of it thing at, at the time and and how they relate to one another and that happens to be happening with watches is what is the shared spirit that you think exists within the community of sort of purveyors of art street fashion streetwear where that's going and watches why are watches so important to streetwear right now i mean i think it's about like a design language mm -hmm. right and i think of this with a lot of other things so it's like the same muscle it takes to appreciate like a sneaker or like a really cool piece of apparel, like looking at the details, like how it's stitched, what material is made out of, what kind of like cultural references it has and mm -hmm. like the past or whatever. Like that muscle, like you can apply that to furniture, yeah. to cars, to watches. Yep. And I think with watches, I mean, I think there's just this kind of it, they're so tied to personality mm -hmm. that I think that's like really what gives them legs on a cultural standpoint, yep. you know? Yeah. So you yeah. see like, oh, like blah, blah, blah. Where's this kind of watch, mm -hmm. this kind of watch, this kind of watch. And it's like such a like commitment on a sort of like personal level, yeah. you know? And that's what I love about like the Royal Oak when I got it is like, it almost is this kind of statement of like, this is the the look and the idea that like I fuck with on an aesthetic level. I love you that know? because it, you the the word that you use there that really I think nails it is idea. Mm -hmm. And when mm -hmm. I think of streetwear and its origin and where it's gone today, the beauty about streetwear, and I think why it's so popular today is the freedom that it provides to people, right? To play with highs and lows. Mm -hmm. And people who are involved in the in that culture, they don't like we love luxury, but the term luxury has expanded for us, right? Where it's like, the though an AP costs X and your sneakers cost X, there's a shared spirit. Yes. Yeah. That exists exactly. there, right? And there's an intentionality about choosing what you're wearing today. When you're saying, I'm gonna wear these kicks with this watch this hat, this sunglass, this t-shirt, 
You know what I'm saying? I think that that's something for me that Virgil did really, really well. And sort of the architect behind that uh, is, is playing with that. There was an article that we referenced before um, that rhymes with Schmodinky. Uh, <laughs> it's written by Nick Marino, but he, one Nick of Marino is my boy. Shout out, he's, Nick. He's awesome. Uh, he there's a phrase that he used in an article that he wrote about Virgil, where he said, uh, I think he was referring to his gold Nautilus. And he's talking about how he wore it like workwear, and yeah. I love that phrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think like I remember talking to Nick when like right after he wrote that article, because um, you know, like the kind of daring it took Virgil to like take these really amazing pieces and just yeah. do whatever he wanted with them because mm-hmm. a lot of people are like scared to bust shit down sure or like you know like if you like if you do it with bad taste you essentially make something really expensive worthless you yes. know like if i took that patek and i was like let me put um like a like a neon orange face on it yeah like i could i could make it w- go from like being 200 grand to zero yeah <laughs> exactly so there's something so ballsy and risky about doing that yeah you know it's like if you bought a painting at like from Sotheby's yep. and you were like, I'm just going like, to like put better. a couple strokes on this. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. It's like adding paint to a Picasso. <laughs> yeah. So I just think that's a, such a cool thing. I mean, I, it's funny going back to the first thing you said, like we did a poll um, at High Stamati with our readers, like right when I started, mm. that was like super informative for me there, which we asked like a big group of our readers, what do you, when you buy something nice, what are you trying to do with it? Mm. And like less than 10% of people said, I want to show people I have money. Mm-hmm. And like 85% of people, like the vast majority said, I want to show, I want to flex to people that I know something about something. Yes. And I think that's really like the thing you're talking about, which yes. is like, like those codes of saying, Hey, like I know mm-hmm. about the history of design. Yeah. I know that blah, 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 wore this because, like 30 exactly, years ago. Because these are things that are like catalysts for conversation. Exactly. Which I think is what that community really cares about. And so I think post like 2010, and we're still experiencing it now, it's like the art of references. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's like where art has gone with like the artists that we love today. When you think of like a Virgil or even like a Kanye West. Or, you know, some of these other like fashion icons that we revered, like a Ralph Lauren, et cetera. Um, what are they referencing? Where are they pulling their inspiration from? Mm-hmm. And then going back and like actually being able to learn something, you know, that you can take with you forward, I think is really, really awesome. Yeah, I mean, people like really, I think the, the great art of our time as far as creating things goes is about being able to take things from one place to another. Exactly. You know, like, like I remember, um, I was working on a book about the origins of the polo shirt with Ralph Lauren. Oh, tight. And like, you know, basically Ralph just kind of saw that shirt in like the context of tennis Mm -hmm. and was like, Hey, like the swanky guy of today Mm -hmm. who doesn't always wear a suit, like that's a shirt that they can wear. Yes. You know, so you take it from one place and you bring it to another. Definitely. Yes. Or like I remember when we were hanging out like a couple weeks ago, we were talking about like how um, you know, back in the two thousands guys were like busting down G Shocks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And like it's like that's the kind of like genius that 
that like propels aesthetic forward. A lot you know of people I mean? don't don't know about that today. That was like a real moment in time. That was like some you you either were like a Pharrell Nego fan mm-hmm. or you were like in downtown NYC and you witnessed something like that like firsthand, like busting down like a G Shock. That was like yeah, a real you see, thing. Yeah, you seen the window yeah. of a jewelry store in like downtown Brooklyn. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, or we did a we did a collab a couple months ago at High Symbiety with uh um, Jacob and Co. Okay. When we and the whole basis of it was like the five time zone watch. Yeah, yeah. that was legendary. That was legendary. Classic. Yeah, and that's such a litmus test. Like if you recognize that watch, yes, like it says like what you were doing. Absolutely. Like, oh, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. You were watching one hundred six in park. Yeah, exactly. Facts. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um. So talking about like bust downs and customizing watches, how do you feel about that? I think it's cool. Like yeah. if I if I could, I kind of feel about it the same way I feel about playing high stakes poker. Mm-hmm. Like if I could afford to, <laughs> if I could afford the ride, I would be doing it. Yeah. Mm. But um, you know, like if I could, if I could just take a pop at like putting some like emeralds in that AP and seeing what happens. Yeah, I feel like- <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah, why not? But no, but I think it's like I think you know with the virtual thing. It's like if you feel like you have something to add to something like that mm-hmm. like just go for it yeah you know Thanks. i mean what, how do you guys feel about because i mean in the watch world it's a very sacrilegious yeah kind of thing right yeah i mean me me personally i feel like people should wear what they like mm-hmm. and um i think the biggest thing for me is access to information and so and what i mean by that is if you want to bust down your watch go for it it's not for me but i don't really wear stones that's just mm-hmm. my thing. Like me personally, I'm not a diamond dude. Uh, we always joke that this guy yeah, is. I love that. He can do the diamonds. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- for me, I just I just want people to have information. And so what I mean by that is, um, if you're gonna do that, know that you are um, depreciating your watch. And if that's fine with you, so be it. Like I think most people are purchasing watches that they have no intention in selling. Right. Yeah. Like you you don't most people are not buying to sell. Um, that is a popular thing that is happening now, but I think most people who are purchasing watches are not buying to flip. But that's and, the thing. So as a watch guy in training, yeah, this is one of my pet peeves. Mm-hmm. Is like I feel like all watch people are like, I would never resell. I hate resellers. Mm-hmm. Who's a reseller? Yeah. Who? But then they talk about their watches and they're like, it's, it's an investment. Investment. Yeah. And I'm like, invest what? Well, like, if, it's you, only, bought, it's if you bought stock, you, you could sell, sell. That's not an investment. That's just not like, an investment. that's yeah. just like stuff. I think, that, I think for a lot of people, that's how they reconcile like spending as much money. That's how they do it. That's what it is. You don't think they're secretly like, oh, wow. I think I think everything has a price. Sure. I think some the same person was saying, oh, I'll never sell this. You just haven't had the right price offered yet. Facts. That's what it is. Yeah, it's pretty true. I mean, it's still hard. Like, it's like you know, I can't really. <laughs> not for you, not it is really. for me. I, 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 I mean, think about it. If someone said, "I'll give you fifty grand for your OP," you wouldn't sell it. That watch ain't worth fifty. But if someone said, "I'll give you fifty, I you'd feel be silly like, not to. It, I know, but it'd be hard. But you do it, yes or no? I would do it. See, but it would be hard. Yeah, it'd be, that's a hard. That's, it'd be hard. I would be tempted to say no. You could buy ten OPs with fifty grand. No, I can't. You could. Who's gonna offer them to me? Just, I don't know. Go to ten different ADs and find <laughs> out. <laughs> you never know. Um, but you know, I, I, I listen. I get, I get your point. But uh, 
Yeah, there, but there's, you know, and, you know, there are also those guys who I do know are looking at watches like crypto. Yeah. And they think that it's a, they think that, they think that flipping watches is easy. It's not. Yeah. No, no way. Yeah. Yeah. And we know a lot of watch dealers who could tell you, like, for real, for real, like, if you're not, like, committing to this, and if you don't have like an extensive of line of credit <laughs> yeah. or a lot of cash, mm-hmm. exactly. very difficult to make money well, selling watches. One of, my, one of my biggest things too is like most of these guys that are like selling watches is like, but finances or money isn't your issue. So why are you selling watches? Like it makes no sense. Like, great. Sure. So you want to go ahead, you want to hunt down, you want to chase these watches or you want to play the game. You want to buy a bunch of watches to get watches and do all these things. But then once you get the watch, you want to sell the watch. And it's like it defeats the purpose. It defeats the purpose in the first place. You might as well go ahead and take that money and invest in something totally different. Well, I think the problem, too, is like if you don't actually think the watch is cool, you just want it because it's hard to get. Mm-hmm. The second you buy it, you're like just stuck with this like expensive. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you don't care. You know? Yeah. You, you're like a a forty year old dude with like a Rolex rainbow sitting in your like den. <laughs> in your den. And no one wearing like, like fucking little John <laughs> in your den and be like, oh, it's so hard to get this. And you have nowhere to wear it. You're wearing like all birds. I love it. You know, like I feel like it's like not like you can tell like the people don't actually like want some of this stuff. Yeah. You know, you just want to feel like we see it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. We see it all the time. And and, uh, that's why it's so refreshing to one of the things I love that's happening right now. That is kind of akin to like the love that like we have for fashion and Mm -hmm. and streetwear is when you meet someone and you see their collection, you see like the diversity in their collection. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really cool because it suggests to me that you are really buying what you like. You know what I'm saying? Because everything doesn't have to look the same. But then when you see the whole collection together, you kind of get it. So that leads me to this next watch that you have. You have an IWC. Yeah. This is one of the recent additions to my... I mean, all my additions are recent because I started collecting like a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. But yeah, I I really... You know, I I fell in love with this watch. And for a while, I was looking at like vintage ones. Mm -hmm. Because I think this Mark series, there's a lot of cool idiosyncratic things in it. But I, I feel like this watch, it's like if you look up watch in the encyclopedia, like it's a picture. It should of be that. an IWC. It's, it's, I should be yeah. an IWC. One like, of my favorite things about this piece is the topography. Yeah. Like I love the font's really good. It's so good. So clear, so legible. It's super clean. There's something about it that's really like, if I can make up a word, Sharpie-esque. Yep. That's really dope. Very <laughs> sharp, yes. Like super legible. Yeah. Yes. You know? And like yes. so I just like wanted something that I felt because I also like starting out with like an ap and like i got a rolex after like it just felt like everything felt too flashy sure. to like just go like i don't know i just i didn't want to talk about the watch i was wearing all the time yeah yeah i feel like, and you, you have know? you and and the funny thing too is like you have a lot of you have a lot more watches like and most of your watches are big boy watches yeah so it's like where's that medium you know especially like you being a new co- watch collector and then it's like Oh, I have a sky dweller. I have an AP. I have this. I have that. You're like, all right, so where's the regular stuff? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, like, and I just thought this is like something that like not that many people are into the marks, but like people mm-hmm. who are like really like that. Yeah, you they get have, it. Like, a bunch of it's good design. Like, yeah, I mean, I know, you know, IWC's uh, design language. I mean, the price is going to go up, especially after that film. What's so, really cool is 
um, not only the dial, but uh, what I think what a lot of people don't really talk about often with IDPC is that they do really good casework. Yeah. yeah. The case is fire. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. feels really nice. It's the edges thin. are super sharp. Yeah, it's sharp. The lens yeah. look nice on it. Mm-hmm. I, I really like... I don't know. It's just like I had this kind of. It's like wearing a clock on your wrist. Yeah, and I just zoomed in on it. Like yeah. I was just like I like I really like this watch. You see, it, you fall it. in love with it. I totally yeah. get it. Of course, but the Top Gun film is coming out, so like, you know, that's gonna definitely. Yeah, and that's then you like got, a you got Lewis Hamilton wearing like three of them. Yeah, yeah. Right? right, exactly. Yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, speaking of celebs, what did you think about the the Met Gala this year? I know our boy Corey Gamble was out there. Yeah, I was so I actually I, I posted about Corey Gamble because I was like, who gave Corey Gamble the a Tiffany, the Tiffany 57? No, I'm like, you realize there's only 170 of those, right? Yeah. Corey has one. Shout out to Corey making it work. How yeah. he was getting it Goals. done is getting done. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> what a Kanye says, sometimes you gotta boss the wife up. Yeah. I call that a Corey Gamble. I wanna know what like I want to meet the people who are like the non-famous people who have that watch. I don't think anyone does. Yeah, I'm not sure. No, there's probably one or two of them. Nah, I'm doubt, I'm doubtful. <laughs> yeah, I think it's all celebrity. That's the LVMH uh, way. Well, I guess it's Zach. Yeah, Zach. Well, Zach had to. Like, that's different. He, he was like four million. He paid four million for, million for it. <laughs> yeah. Which is like crazy. It's just like, like being Zach. How could you even want to wear that watch? Seeing the people who have it. Oh, that, that thing that makes him want to wear it even more. No, I would never. I'd be like, this is disgraceful. You're not Zach. That's, I don't know. It's not, Shout out to Zach. He'll be on the show soon. <laughs> it, it's just like, I mean, I think it's like so interesting because it's like that. I feel like that moment was a really important moment and kind of like. It the, was. The collision of hype culture and watch culture. It was. Because it was almost like the watch itself is almost like a meme. Yeah. It's like, okay, you take like Tiffany box color. Yep. You put it on the most expensive watch, and then it's like mm-hmm. they just copy morph. paste. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, like and, and it's like it's interesting too because like the moon swatch is similar. It's like everyone knows what a swatch is. Everyone knows what speedmaster is. Yeah. And then if you marry those two things, it's like yeah, and, yeah. You know? and for that Tiffany Nautilus, it's like everyone knew what was happening because like even in like streetwear, like Supreme did a <laughs> Tiffany collab oh, did, with the yeah. Bobos, right? Yeah. Everyone knows you know the words Tiffany and Co. So the second it's associated with anything, it's just everyone tunes in. Mm. And then Mr. Arnaud came out with like the perpetual calendar. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That was like, that was like the galaxy brain. Yeah. yeah. Or is it? Do we know? Was not I don't I don't I'm not feeling that piece. I heard some things. Please. I mean, they I, all heard that, but yeah, please do not. What were you gonna say? I heard Voldemort has one too. There we go. He probably does. Yeah. Um, but it was it was a it was a it was cool seeing like all these celebs wearing these different watches. I think um, who's the, who's the other guy? He was wearing um, he had the gold uh, the moonshine. Speedy Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds Reynolds had the moonshine Speedy. I thought that was classic. What's the name too? Jimmy Fallon rocking that tank with diamonds was a good move too. Yeah, that was dope. I, I liked Adrian Brody. He had like a solid gold Santos. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was looking good. Mm-hmm. That was tight. Love me some Brody. There we go. What were you gonna say? What's the cat that plays Spider Man? Um, Andrew Garfield. Garfield was wearing the uh, fifty-seven. Yeah, he was wearing the trilogy. I think Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Yeah, he was wearing the Omega He was, he was the second Spider-Man. 
What? Are, oh, I thought you were talking about Zendaya's boyfriend. No, that's Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Tom Holland has watched this too. He has, he has great, yeah, great, he's, great a big, he's a big protector. He got collector. big. He, he has, has, he got he's a big collector. And Zendaya's on it too now. She's she a big party. Mm -hmm. Was she? She was rocking a 57, yeah. not 57, 7118R, and he was wearing a 5167R. Obviously, his and hers. Yeah, yeah, he put it on. Yeah, they were both rocking rose gold protects. Um, speaking of that, how do you how do you feel? Uh, what do you think about the role that social media plays in watch collecting today? What are your thoughts? I mean, it's an accelerator. Yeah, it's like the it's an accelerator in a good way and a bad way. Okay, because right? I think like this whole community couldn't really exist without social media. Facts, because right? we're not just like hanging out at the newsstand yeah. looking at each other's watches. <laughs> um, but I think it also like it probably. And it's interesting too, because like my Instagram algorithm, the second I got a little bit into watches, oh, it's explosion. was like he oh, was yeah. only watches, yeah. <laughs> exactly forever. That's it. you know, like literally my explore page is all like if you thought, like I, you thought that was the only thing I cared about. Yeah. So it's really interesting how like social media kind of like bites into that those kinds of specific interests and like yeah. accelerates them. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's like it's the best of times and the worst of times. It's like the the most cloudy clout chaser yeah clout clout mm -hmm. and you know people with ideas like being able to express themselves that's the cool thing for me too that the people with ideas part and then also like seeing the effect that it has on um all these like micro brands that are popping up mm -hmm. and you you know for the first time in a, in a long time you're starting to see like a a really large concentration of like just new perspectives on on watchmaking oh, and absolutely. design yeah which is really cool and, I, and what i'm curious to see is like how the how the instagram era is going to like affect the way watches look mm -hmm. like i always talk about how like like i, I, like, I like reality tv a lot like yeah. Real housewives and usually like by season two all the real housewives, no matter where they are, they like they get a totally new wardrobe yeah. and, they get, and they get some plastic surgery Everyone's because they see themselves on TV. Bit. And I feel like in a way, like watch marketing and like the way watches look is almost playing to the small screen a yeah. little bit. Yeah. You know, and that's I think also part of the genius like of the Tiffany Nautilus thing is mm -hmm. like it's like okay, like what's something everyone's gonna recognize? It's like yeah, baby exactly. blue, Bam. yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So like, mm -hmm. I wonder how that's gonna affect like the way watchmakers, like subconsciously or consciously, like are creating watches. It's gonna be interesting for yeah. sure. Ricardo talked about that a little bit too, just as far as like how you know we go, we see things kind of happening like two years after we kind of like called yeah. it into play. Yeah. So it's like. I think talk about like their lead time. Their lead time. Yeah, their lead time is getting shorter. To what you're saying, Tom, it feels is like, like mm -hmm. social media is gonna speed things up. I think now, um, even still, like let's say to attest to Omega and how we give them their flowers, I go to many boutiques. Omega's the only watchmaker that actually like their watches that they release mm -hmm. before watches and wonders because they didn't participate, their watches are actually in the case. So they release more watches than anybody in the industry. Yeah. And then their watches are actually in the case. It's funny. I was talking to someone recently and um, they were, we were kind of talking around that. But um, one of the things that, that they said was they, they thought that in the future, 
and not being that far from now, maybe like the next like like five to seven years, that like movements won't be as important to people as they are today. No. That it will truly boil down to like design and design language, um, so. where the watch is very important to people, but uh, m- more so as an accessory, as like something that kind of um, describes your, you know, articulates your personal taste, or your perspective, your point of view, as opposed to like what's inside, which I thought was an interesting perspective. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of like potential for like the horology part of it to mm-hmm. become part of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, because like I think if you look at a brand like FP Jorn, like yeah. when you read about those watches, like you actually learn stuff about how watches work. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, like, oh wow, like this is how we made a split second chronograph. Yeah. This is how we made like a quartz watch that resets itself. Or like like you almost by reading about the design of those watches, like learn how watches work, mm-hmm. kind of. And I feel like that's like I think with the movements, like I think the design is like probably what gets people in the door. But yeah. I feel like the movements and stuff, like that's what that's what is keeps gonna them. keep people hooked. You know, and it's that, like it's like yeah. gearheads. Like yeah. you could be like, Oh, I want a Porsche because it looks cool. Yeah. But then you like next thing you, you know, know what's you're under like, the hood. Under you're the like, hood. Oh, yeah. what does this carburetor look like? Yeah. like yeah. Whatever the fuck. You know, and so that's like, what that's why everything now, like if you notice most brands they're producing watches and they have an exhibition case backs. I think the only yeah, body that's, that's like gun hole to it is yeah. The last couple of years, that's been like yeah, really like big. exhibition case backs is like now the thing is like you want to show this off. You actually want to show that we not only care about what you see on the outside. Like here's what's going on in the inside. Yeah, and that has to be pretty too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the only brand that's not doing it. Thou we shall not name <laughs> like Voldemort, right? <laughs> um, that's f- so funny. <laughs> but we name him all the time. Yes. Uh, what made you pick up a Doxa? I think it was just like you know. I, I think the sub was what led me to the Doxa. So okay. Like I, I got a sub, and I love my sub. Like I, I wear it so like, so much. Yeah. You know, because it's just like something about how utilitarian it is. It works with everything. Yeah. I think the Doxa kind of was like speaking that language. Yeah. And it was like so idiosyncratic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that was kind of like what what drew me to it. It's yeah. funny because we did an episode on, um, I mean, kind of about the Doxa. It was, uh, we did, Rashawn was was bugging us to sort of watch uh, the Becoming Cousteau documentary. He <laughs> yes, would, he would was, not let up. <laughs> I thought tough. it was pretty good. I, actually, I, I, tried, I tried to watch it three different times and I fell asleep. I loved it. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't even think I made it more than a half hour. Nat Geo, becoming Christos, relaxing. Yeah, it's very soothing. It's very, very soothing. It's just like this French guy like narrating. <laughs> it's very yeah, soothing. It's like the intro of SpongeBob. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's Welcome to Bikini Bottom. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there is a connection there. Probably the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so we did we did an episode where we talked about like Cousteau and the Aqualong and and uh, and Doxa. And I, I am a Doxa fan, and and seeing that that uh, that movie convinced me that I need a professional. So I am I am in the market for one that will be my first Doxa when I do pop off finally. Yeah, and I feel like just learning like with the, these kinds of tool watches, I mm-hmm. feel like you know it's kind of like the movements thing where it's like 
you maybe you get into it a bit because it looks cool but yeah then but like, then the history oh wow it's orange because of this exactly. it's got luminescence on it because of that you can set it to like mm -hmm. make sure you don't die yeah. <laughs> in this way you know like i just like i think just kind of like like almost in your mind like putting those connections together for sure like i think is like a really satisfying experience as a as like a person who likes stuff yeah you know? as a person who likes stuff that's something that we talk about we all talk the time. about that all the time all the time um so what's next for you at essence um what does so, the future hold for tom so there's a lot of you know things i can say things i can't sure say. what can you say um but i mean the thing so i actually like i first started working with essence earlier on in my career mm -hmm. um so i i helped them like create their editorial platform okay on their site um and, and they're a really cool retailer because like they really think of themselves from the very beginning as like a cultural institution mm -hmm. you know and like not just like selling clothing brand but being like kind of the keeper of all these different kind of like creators behind the brand exactly yeah. like so like what i'm working on with them a lot of it has to do with creating content mm -hmm. on digital social media but also um you know creating collaborations you know like kind of doing kind of all the cultural production and creative work behind the brand that's tight yeah and it's fun because i think also too like i think you know back when i was first starting out as an editor like the universal thing when i was in school like as an editor of my like school magazine was like magazines are dying like, yeah being an editor is like yeah. becoming like a a railroad technician <laughs> in the 1880s or something yeah. rather than working on cars but then i think what happened was like content actually became like the most important thing in our culture yeah you know like and everyone became a content creator yeah and all these brands had to learn how to make content themselves and talk to their audience like yep. 365 days a year yeah and i think like brands like essence who are really smart like they realized that like to kind of put a horse in that race mm -hmm. and like you know create culture create content and I, and I really see that, too, as, like, the survival of, like, the profession that I do. Yeah. yeah. You know, is, like, really, like, and I think in a way, um, you know, I think a long time ago, like, people used to poo-poo, like, this idea of, like, being an editor and being involved in, like, companies. Yeah. And being in bed with brands. But mm -hmm. I actually think, like, that's been what's keeping the profession alive. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. And it's what's leading the, the culture. Absolutely. I think it's what's keeping it going. It's what's fueling it absolutely yeah um i got a couple of questions for you left uh before we move on to the next phase but um you are dad mm -hmm. um you got a two-year-old boy which yes. is awesome um what is that doing for you in terms of how you're collecting watches is that is that playing any part is it influencing you in any way I think it's like a good alibi. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> a good that's, that's honest. Because it's like, you know, that Patek ad where it's like, you don't buy it for yourself. You look you, after you it. Look, yeah. Which is a great ad, yes. yeah. by the way. Amazing. Like, so when my that. girl is like, wait, why do you buy that? I'm like, I'm looking after it for the next generation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell my wife that. Myself. Yeah. No, but it's actually cool because I'm like, wait, like actually like, you know, this docs though, like maybe when he goes to college, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, take son. the docs with yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and like, so that he's like, that, dad, I want the sky dolly, like not ready yet. Yeah, <laughs> he's not ready. Yeah, 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 maybe get a job or something. <laughs> but yeah, I think like you know, 
But that's, I think, a cool thing about watches is, like, there's very few things in this world where you can actually imagine having them forever. Yeah. Even, like, real estate. Yeah. So I think that that part of them is, like, really cool. It is. Especially when you think of that timeline of being a dad. Yeah. Kind of, like, all works together. It Mm -hmm. does. Mm -hmm. Um, What is your dream watch? What's your grail piece? (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't have, like, I don't have, like, grail pieces, but I kind of have, like, like, I'm, like, standing at the edge of my fortress. Yeah. Like, looking at different areas. I'm trying to explore and sure. you know, so like, I think like, I really want, I really want to get a Patek yeah. like sometime in the near future, whenever mm-hmm. they'll give me one. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like a little kingdom. I'm kind of like eyeing from the sure. binoculars. I think like, I really want another Royal Oak. Okay. Cause I just love him. And it's like my first watch. Which one would you get? What's the other one that you're after? I mean, like a perpetual calendar would be Okay. Sick. Respect. You know, like, <laughs> I think also I tried like, a vintage one on recently. It was nice. They're Two-tone. amazing. Yeah. They're it's great. Just like, and I Beautiful. think there's just so much going on. And something I was actually reading. So um, my my girl, she's a writer. And mm-hmm. like her professor is this guy, Gary Steingart. Who okay. like writes about watches. But he's like he's like this really funny writer. And he was talking about wanting to get uh, 3940. Okay. Um, and he was talking about how with a calendar, it's almost like kind of has to be your watch. Yeah. Because like it just follows you around yeah in your whole life you know what i mean yeah. like if you leave it on the table for like a month you'll you'll know exactly like when you took it off yeah. wow. <laughs> and have to you'll like chase your own life to yeah. set it again you know and like i like yeah. this idea of having a perpetual calendar almost as this like tracking system that's for yeah, time, i never thought of it that way you know? that's, that's actually really cool but um yeah and then also like vintage like i don't i feel like i don't know enough about watches the vintage like, a is smart where it gets really guy. fun but like i feel like that's the next kind of like galaxy brain zone of watch collecting cool for me respect yeah so we got a game that we want to play um and Rashawn, being our official honorary game host <laughs> uh who develops all all the fun in the podcast oh, is man. uh is gonna set you up so you want to uh you want to get to it what's this game that that we got so uh this game is pretty fun it's called uh high snob or low snob so basically we're gonna uh show you a couple of images of some celebrities wearing some time pieces high snob is if you approve and low snob is uh, they could do a little better and we want we want a little bit of uh, we want the why yes the so why we want the why. important yeah we want the why the why we is important the why. um of course we know high snob you know you guys are some tough critics so we want to start from like head to toe, you know, drip. So what they're wearing, how you feel about it, timepiece, how it, you know, complements the fit, maybe time and place, and you know, it's appropriation. Cool. So the first image we have here is uh, we have Virgil Abloh mm-hmm. wearing With his um custom Mad Paris, yeah, Mad Paris, the fifty-seven twenty-six Nautilus, yeah, mm-hmm, Nautilus. They have emeralds on it, right? Not this one. This one was murdered out. Okay. Yes. The, the first one, murdered album. The one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The one made for Drake had the emeralds. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a high snob. Respect. R.I.P. Virgil. Um, you know, I think this, you know, it's a testament to his like the power of his personal style to kind of just be like, hey, 
you know, let me first of all be on the Nautiluses before they're everyone's favorite thing. Yeah. And then let me go ahead and like get it fully blacked out and like not even keep it factory. Um, so I think, yeah, this gets a definite high snob for me. Respect. You know what's funny about this watch for me? I have a watch that reminds me of this watch. Which one? I've never, you guys have never seen it. It's a murdered out Nixon. Ooh, um, I like Nixon. Is Nixon, aren't they retired? No, they're still around. They're still around. Still around? Nixon Shout still makes Nixon. watches. But it's a it's an all black Nixon and it's got like a little diamond, a real diamond yeah. inside, just one. So you got Wh- where's it at? Watches. You gotta wait on the show. I gotta put some, I gotta put a new battery in it. <laughs> you, know what, you know what this reminds me of? I, we might need to fact check this, but I think at the AP 50th anniversary auction at Phillips, they just sold Karl Lagerfeld's black ceramic. Ooh. AP. Did you guys see that? I did no, not. No, I didn't peep that. I really? Know, I know Lagerfeld had a a black Santos that he blacked out himself. Yeah. And yeah. He, had, he had a black AP also, which I they never just knew sold. That. And oh, it's wow. really cool looking because like the edges are kind of worn. So it's yeah. kind of like. So you can see the, you can see yeah. the steel under the PVC. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Mm. It looks I, really, really I, cool. I'm going to go out and say that if Virgil was still alive, LVMH would have asked him to design the Tiffany collab. The 170th? Yeah. Sure. But also, like, time frame, like, who's, who, they probably just consulted him. ask him, yeah, true. Honestly, yeah. like, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. He's probably like, I mean, d- d- doing the turquoise doll sounds like a, yeah. You're probably a Virgil like, idea. Are you serious? Like, Tiffany Blue doll. Easy. Done. Boom. Yeah. Thank me later. Next, uh, we have, it looks like Tyler Creator, I don't know, he looks like he's in an executive building. Is that the White House or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like so Tyler. He's addressing the U.S. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, Tyler rocking the uh, the Cartier crash. Uh, high snob, low snob, how you feel about that? I'm going to give this a high snob because also this was kind of like a little bit early on the crash. Super early, yeah. Like he's holding the iPhone 10. and he's got that on i mean i think also tyler like i think a lot of the like i really respect people who kind of like trailblaze you know and so i think tyler like he was into vintage beamers before people are he's a trailblazer he was into the crash when everyone was still like figuring out sport watches you know so like i think it always pays off to like blaze a trail with your taste Mm -hmm. and just follow that instinct and so i think he's a really good example of doing that 100 percent. i agree 100 percent. we got uh the infamous skateboard p with his uh collaboration with rm um what do you what do you think about this piece high snob or low snob i'm gonna give this like a low snob okay i i don't know i just think this like i think this watch is kind of corny <laughs> <laughs> and like i like richard mill like i think the nadal is like yeah, a really nadal watch but I don't know. It's just like it just doesn't feel very like interesting to me as an idea. You know, like the space yeah. guy inside. The yeah, picture. the, the action it reminds me the of middle. the corny ones they do with the skull. Yeah, the, you know, it's just yeah. like very like like Miami Beach, did but you, in the not fun way. Did you way. fuck with the Richard Mill bonbon collection? Yeah, see that like either the like and all that stuff. Yeah, like I I don't really I feel like they I feel like Richard Mill's at its best when it's like super super functional yeah. mm-hmm. like this weighs zero ounces and is made of yeah. like 70 different types of titanium kind yeah. of vibes whereas like <laughs> i think when they try to be pop it's like it just feels it like, like crisis yeah, vibes 
Yeah. It's like they tried too hard. Yeah. yeah. Next, the legend. The legend, Mr. Lauren himself. Obviously, you, you have a relationship with Mr. Lauren, um, publishing the, the book with him. Um, the reference he's wearing, what's he wearing? Pete? It's the, the uh, if we're pronouncing it correctly, Igiziano. So the Igiziano Panerai. Th this one he's wearing was a, a redo of the original one, which was produced for the Egyptian Navy. Mm. That's 60 millimeter watch? Yes. It's big. Yeah, so he crazy. typically wears this over like a leather jacket. Mm. Yes. Uh, this one, it looks like he's wearing over his sweater, just underneath his sport coat. His sport coat. Uh, but Ralph is a is a huge Panerai collector. I love Panerai. Um, what do you think? I, I'm gonna give this a high stop. Respect. You know, I can't. I feel like you can't. You can't give, give anything Ralph a but a high stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ralph, Ralph is just like he's Ralph legendary, man. I remember. So I I only met and hung out with Ralph Lauren once. Mm -hmm. I was like working on this polo shirt book, and I remember I was like sitting in this boardroom on like Madison Avenue, and he walked in and he was wearing like. One of the dopest outfits I've ever seen. And he's like, what is he, like 90 years old? Like how old? 82? Yeah, yeah, he's up there. Yeah. He's up there. And he was wearing, I remember it was like a pair of sweatpants. He was wearing two polo shirts on top of each other. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with one collar popped, right? And then, yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah. And then I remember he was wearing um, these like Italian hiking boots by this brand called La Sportiva. Oh, yeah, of course. And I was like, I remember seeing them, and I actually like went home and bought a pair of those boots on the internet. He's like, the coolest right dude home. on the planet. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Man has exceptional taste. Shout out to the Bronx. Yes, sir. Um, boom, boom. Yes. Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton. Lou Hamilton rocking the... Three watches. Rocking three watches. Three IWCs. Three IWCs. Three IWCs. He's got the AMG so we collab. So him. He's got the that he's got the AMG collab. He's got I think he's wearing desert. almost all of his jewelry. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's what they said. They're like, yo, he's wearing literally like twenty rings. Yeah, he had two on each finger. Wow, was is he's wearing the, he's wearing um, the, the Mojave, Mojave Desert, Desert IWC on his which, right which wrist, which is fire, super yes. fire. Yeah, and then he's got on the one that they just made for uh, Mercedes AMG Patronus F1 team. Yeah. So everyone the who Tiffany works adjacent there we go. Yes. <laughs> everyone yeah. who works for Mercedes F1 team now has this watch. So it comes on this like again Tiffany esque Patronus blue colored strap and rubber, and it comes on a black carbon fiber strap with that Patronus blue contrast stitching, which is also super fire um us peasants can buy this watch online <laughs> only but it does not have any of the mercedes or I, or amg branding on it yeah I, I think this is a case to normalize wearing more than one watch at once okay like let's just start let's just start i mean that. let's go <laughs> Double it's like, already yeah yeah you know like having if you two, don't have a gmt or just wear two watches. Travel. No, Boom. listen. Uh, shout out to Ricardo rocking four watches. He four did. watches at so the Complecto we, we Yeah, we <laughs> had a uh, uh, an event we did with uh, our homie Jason from Complecto. We did a little watch meet with him. And a uh, good friend of the pod, uh, writing contributor, uh, Ricardo Same of Time and Tide, was there in full effect rocking four watches. That's I, Legendary. I think I think uh, can, I, can I make some wild watch yeah, predictions? Right Let's go. Okay, number one, wearing multiple watches is going to become cool. Yep. Let's just let's, okay. You hear heard it here first. 
Number two, wearing ladies' watches. Yeah. When you're a guy. I get down with that already. And like not even like we're not talking thirty four millimeters, we're talking like twenty Tiny, yeah. Okay. The teeny weenies. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I think they look cool. I think if you get a big bracelet it kinda dangles a bit, I yeah. think that could be kinda cool. Okay. Um and then I think dress watches are the future. I mean I think, you I think got the me sport watch sure. has been tapped out as an aesthetic. So I think in ten years it's like gonna be all about I have dress really watches. really great I'll, I'll toot my own one i have a really great uh vintage dress walk collection they look cool and they like and great. also it's just like that's the way trends work like everyone gets into something i almost bought a tank everyone today. gets sick of what? it what yeah. close <laughs> yeah, I almost wow. bought a tank. and it's cool and i feel like you can kind of like you know it's like you go back to the tyler thing like like wearing a cartier crash looks a lot different than like wearing like a flooded AP, the way yeah, all of his does. peers yeah. are, yeah. you know? And so I think if like you just get the right people d- doing it, you know, like I think it could, it becomes it could catch on. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, Wait, high snob or low snob? I'm going to give this a medium snob. Medium okay. snob. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I, I give it a high snob for the uh, for what he's doing in terms of protesting the, the FIA. and. So what is that all regu- about? So they're making regulations of you basically can't wear any jewelry or you have to look and dress a certain way when you're doing stuff involving work and so he's and, just well him and just about everybody else is like this is ridiculous it's like gotcha. when, it's like when david stern would made all the basketball players wear suits, wear suits? yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. it's like the formula one version of that right exactly shout out to ai uh next yeah we got we got riri we got the queen we got riri rocking the king midas um you with know the belly out with the belly out this was the first photo um she shared when she revealed that she was pregnant so um what'd you think tom high snob low snob this is getting a high snob for me i mean re like she's invincible yeah as a style icon for me i think you know we've been at high stability we we like had a there's a running update forecast of her maternity mm-hmm. looks you know so we have one editor who whenever there's a new rihanna look it's like it's like a catalog of all of these and i mean she's really like taking that whole category of dressing to like a whole new mm-hmm. level. I mean, I think the King Midas, for me, that's like my aesthetic sweet spot. Like, yeah. and I think actually like the the Royal Oak kind of sits in that vibe mm. as well, like in that kind of 70s yeah. mm-hmm. uh, era. So th- this gets a high snob for me. Oh, yeah. Respect. And uh, it's funny, too, because I remember r- right before she wore this watch uh, publicly, the King Midas was starting to kind of like come back. Yeah. Like I remember seeing it pop up everywhere and then mm-hmm. boom, Rihanna had it. So uh, Someone probably knew she bought one. Yeah. Shout out to ASAP Rocky. Harlem's <laughs> 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 in the building. Yeah, Harlem's in the building. Next, um, we got, yeah, the we funny got, man. We got <laughs> the funniest man on earth, <laughs> some may say. Um, Not me. I'm happy you said <laughs> it, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's pretty funny. No, nah, he's funny. Um, yeah. We got Kevin Hart rocking the um, the RM eleven oh one eleven oh one. What What do you think about this high snob, low snob? Low snob. I feel like I'm, I'm gonna give this a I'm gonna give this a low snob. I don't mean to hate on the Richard Mills because <laughs> I, I like them, but I feel like I don't know. I feel like when I see Kevin Hart, I feel like he's the kind of watch collector who's like. 
compensating for something mm. which is like he's got the nicest of everything he does but for some reason like when you see it on him you don't think you don't yeah, feel jealous nice. or feel like, no. it's like, <laughs> like, like we, we don't care you know and so like I, I feel the same way about like ed sheeran yeah like i'm like he's wearing the dopest watches Facts. and i'm just kind of like okay yeah like yeah you're on the list (laughs) 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 like and i feel like it doesn't even like go that well with what he's wearing yeah that stuff so yeah it's just like checking a box yeah it's like i got the nicest version of this yeah exactly i think too like especially like with the with the kevin hart and listen i think we're showing picked the best no shade no shade no shade at kevin but also it's like i don't really feel like i've seen a lot of kevin hart's collect uh watches he he has an amazing collection, but it is um, yeah. It feels like he's compensating for something else, right? Like there's nothing in there that feels like it's uniquely him. Yeah, it just feels like it's all like whatever's like you have, hot. Like you have to have it. Like I got the hot shit, which is cool. Yeah, but it's like where do you fit in all this? Because him being such a funny man. His none of his watches kind of speak to that. Yeah, and it's like it's all business. I'm waiting for something that's like very Kevin. See, yeah, even like a Constantine Chaikin Joker or like a, something a like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. like something that's all serious. Yeah. 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 Like something that's like actually. And none of them speak to him. It just it just kind of feels like I have rich friends. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like he wears all the Instagram watches. Exactly. Because I feel like if you have infinity money and infinity clout. It's almost your responsibility to like take it somewhere. Yeah. Yes. For sure. Yes. For sure. I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, This is the last one, yeah. Uh, We got Bron Bron at the the Super Bowl rocking the the Tiffany stamped uh, 5711. With Dries Van Noten button down. Yeah. 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 With the matching shorts. Well, well the funniest we thing was I was going to share the photo. I was going to do a two-part photo. So in the beginning, it's him like this. Then the next photo, he's like doused in sweat, shirt open, Woo! and he's like yeah. running to like the Yukon. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I actually think LeBron, I kind of respect LeBron's watch game. It, it's almost bordering on the Kevin Hart dilemma mm. where you're like oh you just have the nicest of everything mm-hmm. it, lebron kind of broke my heart recently though because like when the 50th anniversary jumbo and yellow gold came out yeah oh in, yeah in the, in the most perverse regions of my mind i thought maybe one day maybe i'm gonna somehow get that watch not anymore and then he was like the first one <laughs> he was yeah. saying yeah. yeah. gone baby. beautiful yellow gold yeah like, I'm, a, I'm a yellow gold guy and like you know, AP doesn't make a lot of watches. It's, say, it's the yeah. first time I do yellow gold watch in a while, and it's gorgeous. Beth was talking about it. Remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the with the smoked dial, yeah, smoked yellow dial. Yeah, it's so good. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. So he he really broke my heart with that. So I'm gonna give him a low snob. Yeah. <laughs> so. Sorry, Bron. Sorry, yeah. Bronny. It had to be you. Yeah, yeah. He didn't make the playoffs either. So. Oh yeah, he gives a low snob. So yeah, and uh, one of the celebs wearing the Tiffany Nautilus. Uh, and yet another one. Yeah, we talked about Corey Gamble. What? How do you? What, 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 just you know, for fun, high snob, low snob, Corey Gamble. I'm gonna give him a, a high snob. Really? I think rocking yeah. it with the tux is a flex. Okay. Yeah, I think the tux was good. Okay. I think, like, also, like, I think getting it, like, I feel like getting the that watch when you're 
Leonardo DiCaprio is like kind of whatever, but sure. getting it when you're him, Corey it's Gamble. like, yeah, that's skills. Like that gives us that. <laughs> yeah, that's it's like Corey Gamble for, for, for the finesse. He's, he's, he's finesse Shout God. out to him yeah. for the finesse. He's finesse God. Like that says Kanye to me, got like, him kicked out, kicked out Kanye the family. Got one. <laughs> well, Kanye got himself kicked out the family. Corey Gamble's like, I'm good, fam. <laughs> it's like I'm when you watch right like, for one of us. It's why, you, it's why you watch, like, when you watch, like, Luka Doncic play basketball, and you're, he's kind of, like, slow. Yeah. And he's kind of herky-jerky. You're but he's like, oh, I can maybe play like that in yeah. a game or something. That's Corey kind of Gamble like Corey fi- Gamble figured it out. Watch. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Corey. Yeah. Um, man, this has been fun. Really fun. Uh, we've enjoyed this. It's a pleasure. Let's just do this like without mics like tomorrow. For sure. <laughs> Heck yeah. You got it. <laughs> Uh, we miss, we wish you uh, much success on on the next journey. Yes, congratulations. Um, getting to know you has been a blast. It's funny because it's uh, we we met you at the AP event that we went to. Yes, sir. Uh, for Phillips, and um, you know, it's just this, this is one of the beautiful things about the watch world is like you meet people, you you get connected, and it's like it it it's, it's not anything that you even expect. It's all kind of happenstance, and then it blossoms into these other yeah. things and. And that's what's awesome about it. So thank you for for being on the show. Absolute pleasure. It's an honor, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, You know, some of the words you shared with us when we went to dinner uh, really, really touched me. Um, And I appreciate, you know, you sharing some of those sentiments about the show and and how important we are and, and, you know, what the future could hold for us. So. Much appreciated. Take it to the moon, guys. We will. Moon swatch. Oh. Heck yeah. <laughs> you, got, you got the swatches to prove it. We do. <laughs> Facts. Yes, sir. Uh, so this has been great. This is the wrap of episode 22. Double dub. Double up. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Peace. You can find us. Hold on. Oh, Hold on. Jumped the gun. You oh, jumped the gun. I jumped the gun. It's I did okay. jump the gun. We got we got we gotta, you know, we gotta shout out the the uh, IG handle at yes. Check Pod is where you can find us. We're also on TikTok for all the kids who are into watches. Yes. Uh, the I get my nephew to show me how to use it. Um we're on Spotify, audio and visual. Yes. Um Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Yes. So we're everywhere. And if you're never there, find us. We'll be there too. And respect. Peace. Deuces. Officially.